Hello everybody and welcome to the first ever episode of The Biff. Uh, my name is Bradley. Um, for those of you that, have follow, that follow us on Twitter, I'm sorry. This is a... We're recording this on Thursday night. Um, I made a massive error. I muted myself and nobody could hear me. So we're re-recording. Um, we've all forgot what we said, so it will sound completely natural. Um, I'm also joined by my co-host Robin to that side. Toby below me um, and together we'll bring you a slightly different view at uh, the world of rugby league give you all the ins and outs of the week's events and plenty of other wonderful little little nippy and little little bits that we we want to add in this week though we're going to bring you a preview of the challenge cup first round ties that are taking place this weekend so they start on friday night into saturday and then some on sunday for you as well so you've got a nice weekend of proper competitive rugby league for the first time since I think the end of October, which will be really nice. But before we go into anything, lads, um, how was your new year? How was your Christmas? And did you get yourself to any Boxing Day friendlies? Yeah, I had a, I had a good Christmas, thanks. Good New Year's as well, yeah. Nice uh, relaxing breaks and everything. But I think I put a message in the chat, actually. I, I think it was only like beginning of December and I was like, I'm getting bored. <laughs> I think you did. You were like, when's Rugby League back? <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, I actually did manage to get down to Leeds on Boxing Day, watch them play against Wakefield, uh, and then I and I was at York last Friday, um, watched them play Midlands um, in another pre-season friendly. So I've managed to get two in already. Nice, oh, good. I'm glad you've got there. I think I'm planning on going down to a game this weekend in in Chiswick to watch the London Chargers play. What about yourself, Toby? Been to any? I know you've been to some sporting events, but you've been to any um, proper sporting events like rugby league? <laughs> no, uh, no, I've. I was gonna say it's uh, it's been far too long for me. The last thing I had was watch rugby league was the grand final, and I, I've been waiting ever since for the return. <laughs> and now it's all of a sudden. I was like, oh, it's New Year. Season doesn't start till like end of February. <laughs> and a little that I know, I've forgotten the Challenge Cup exists, and <laughs> we really rushed back into talking about rugby league this week. So. Good to be here, though. Yeah, it's really, really is good to be back. Um, quickly on the on the New Year's game, on the sorry, the Boxing Day game and the, on the York game, uh, Robin. How how did you feel, particularly Leeds and Wakey, in that fixture? Yeah. How do you think the team was matched up against each other? We'll, we'll start with Leeds. Yeah, I mean, um, it was quite a one-sided game. Um, Leeds were completely dominant. I think the only Wakefield try came from um, a really lucky um, fifth tackle kick, and the the winger couldn't collect the ball, and then the chasing Wakefield attacker pounced on a drop ball and that was scored in the first sort of 10 minutes um, and from there th there was just no chance they were breaking through leads. Um, defensively they were they were pretty strong. Like I say, Wakefield wasn't throwing much at them but this Leeds were still um, in defence looked to be a good solid unit. Um, if Wakefield were taking it side to side and it didn't bother them, they just sort of pushed them over the, over the, the touch line or um, chase them down so that was that's good to see because that's that's important um when you've got so many new players coming in to, to get right and then in attack they were pretty exciting as well they um Myler, caesar and austin linked up really well which is good to see because that was their first um full game together as, a, as three as the three of them in the spine um i think it's going to go well for Leeds actually seeing how um caesar and austin combined with austin's running game and off the off the cuff sort of mm. style and um, Caesar's organisational skills. Um, they yeah they played they played really well. Um, uh, Honourable mention for Wakefield's probably Fafita. He was 
really the only the only Wakefield player I noticed that was actually having a having a good game or as good a game as you can have in mm. those circumstances, and he yeah. was trying to lift his side. So um, that's the tiny tiny positive Wakefield fans can take from it. But yeah, very very like one sided afternoon. But it was a good game. It was good to get out on Boxing Day. Um, the capacity was ten thousand. I think the uh, sorry no, the capacity was nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine because. 10,000 is well, it wasn't allowed. There's too many people. Um, and I think there was 9,700 and something, so it was pretty much full. Pretty, pit, um, pretty and it packed. Felt it was good, good atmosphere as well. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good day. Good, I'm glad. Um, on, on Wakey, they put out quite not a full strength side, but it, there was a lot of first team players that, were, that played the deck the game, didn't they? And or first yeah. team players, regular players that played a lot last year and the year before. To see them be dismantled like by a Leeds team that hasn't played together before, it's a bit worrying for for Wakefield, isn't it? This season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, Leeds Leeds were playing well, so I think it was quite a tough first um, first hit out. But yeah, there there wasn't much to take, m- many positives to take from that Wakefield performance. I I don't know if maybe they were trying new things. Maybe they're just not with it at the start of the season. It's always hard to read too much into these games, but yeah, it was um, it was tough tough to watch. I felt sorry for the fans because you know you know at Leeds there's that one stand that's um, not covered because it's yeah. not developed, and they just stick their away fans down there. And I saw some like Wakefield fans like wrapped up on a freezing cold Boxing Day afternoon watching their team just getting smashed. I felt, I felt sorry for them. Hungover, <laughs> full of Christmas dinner, watching yeah, their team probably, get battered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not what you want on, on Boxing Day, is it, at all. You, but you also went to see your side play, um, the team yeah. that you follow in York. They they welcome Midlands Hurricanes to the new, is it the LNR, LNER Arena or St- oh, L- right. Liner yeah, Stadium? Yeah. We're going we're gonna to call it the Liner Stadium because it's a lot easier to Liner. say. All right, then, yeah. We'll, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a lot easier it's to... It's not like we want a sponsorship from our own <laughs> Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it was. It was that was another good game. That was a Friday night. Um, it, it was freezing. It was absolutely bitterly cold. Um, but yeah, it, um, another quite a one-sided game, really. I think it's it's more to be expected when you've got a League One side coming up against a Championship side rather than two Super League clubs. But um, yeah, it was positive from a York point of view. There was um, plenty of new faces out there, and a lot of the um, centres and, and wingers particularly played well. Oaks, Ogden. Butterworth, um, I thought they all had really good games, and and we also um, handed out some debuts to some um, local lads. Actually, there's a couple of them who've played in amateur clubs in York, and mm. um, they they seem seem to get on like absolutely fine. You probably wouldn't have known it was their first game, um, and yeah, it was it was just good to get back out, and there was a decent crowd and everything um, from a, a Midlands point of view. Um, they were, they were, looked like quite a small side. There wasn't there wasn't many big big players. There's one one prop that was just normal sized and he looks huge compared <laughs> to his teammates. So, um, but I like I mean I like the new kit. I don't I don't know what you think about the the rebrand, but um, I do kind of miss Cobb Bears. I quite liked it, but yeah. As as far as rebrands go, it's, it's quite a good one. I quite like it. Yeah, I was I was lucky enough to play when I was playing as a junior. We played Cobb Bears juniors and that. The, the team and the, the the foundation that they run is fantastic. The way they bring the junior kids through, so having this Midlands thing now is the, they they are basically they own they are Midlands Rugby League. Cod Bears have been Midlands Rugby League for however long. Um, you feel for the likes of like Nottingham and, and stuff like that that have got teams in the Midlands that 
are not at that level, but the Cough Bears are the are the team that you want to that you watch around here, and it's it's nice. Alan, Alan definitely knows what he's doing. He, he's done it the right way. I remember speaking to him a couple of years ago now when I wrote an article on on the Bears and and Bedford Tigers and sort of comparing the two. He said the toughest part was turning them in from a rugby club that played rugby league into a rugby league club that only had rugby league players. Um, and he did that around 2011. And that was obviously just before they came into to League One. And doing that is such a big step. And he's, he's handled it so well. He's handled the, the lack of money that, they, that we all spoke about towards the end of last season really well. But, so fair play to Alan Robinson. And I do, I do quite like the rebound. The rebound's really, really good. Uh, Toby, North Wales Crusaders have got a pre-season friendly against Barrow. Uh, coming up, how, how do you think that's going to go? Okay, or do you think it could be a tough one with with Barrow obviously now being a championship side? Uh, yeah, Barrow are sort of a, an arch enemy of the Crusaders, if if you wanted to say it like that. Um, you know, they Crusaders beat Barrow in the to in their sort of winning run towards the end of last season, and then Barrow beat them in the playoffs, I believe. Um, so I guess maybe there's uh, hopefully. You know, that's some motivation to start off your season positively, rebounding from that. Um, but um, I think at the end of the day, you know, it'll be a, use the full squad to, you know, get bits mm. in the legs. And um, I think I, I think it's just sort of the very loyal supporters club at North Wales Crusaders will have a nice uh, trip to Barrow. I think that's the way around they're playing. Yeah, it's um, in Barrow, yeah. You know, so they'll have a lovely trip out to Barrow in the bitter cold. And, uh, and yeah, it'll just, you know... It's a weird one, actually. Sort of preseason friendlies uh, in in those lower tiers of uh, where you just sort of phone up a championship club uh, and go, "Can we please come?" But, Can we come and play you? Yeah. Yeah. But no, not, nice of Barrow to to welcome you. And I look forward to seeing how how you guys go because like you said you signed um you signed quite a few of the players that were involved in that winning run, but they also were involved in the in the collapse towards the end of the year as well. So it's going to see how they bounce back from from the disappointment towards the end of the season. Um, before we get into our main topic of the Challenge Cup and, and everything else, we're gonna we're gonna move on to something that we're gonna do every week, and that's gonna be our story of the round. We obviously we haven't had any rounds yet. We can't we can't pick something from the last week. So um, this is gonna be Robin's thing. Robin's gonna bring bring us a story of the round, or the, and for the, for this week it's gonna be the, the story of the winter. Um, Robin, what what was your what was your story of the winter involving yeah, so, rugby league? Um, so the the story of the preseason. Um... I think I think we all it was unanimous when we when we spoke about it earlier in the week. We it all did. chose this one, uh, and it's a story about um, two two very successful teammates um, who've obviously got a lifelong bond, and they're showing the same resolution that gave them the unmatched success on the pitch in a heartbreaking fight against NMD, and that's um, Kevin Sinfield and Rob Burrow. So. Back in 2019, Rob Burrow was diagnosed with um, motor neuron disease, which is um, a condition which affects your brain and nerves, um, and it causes weakness over time and eventually leads to death. Um, and it's something that can happen quite quickly or it can happen quite slowly, but um, it's something that's um, once it happens, you've kind of you've got to just seize the moment and just start start living instantly because you don't know how long you've got. Um, and Kevin Sinfield, who captained uh, Borough through um, how I, I can't remember how long they played. It was it was over a decade. They won they won seven titles together for Leeds, um, and he's sort of taking it upon himself to help his 
help his friend out and try and raise as much money and awareness as possible and support the, the family as well. So uh, back in um, 2019, shortly after it was announced, uh, well, it was actually it was in 2020, it was just after Christmas, because um, it was late 2019 when he was diagnosed, um, they organised a friendly against uh, Bradford Bulls. Uh, that was going to be Jamie Jones with Cannon's testimonial, and they shared the funds from that to go towards to helping out Rob Brown. Um he, he did play in that game, and that was a, a a great occasion to sort of landmark what was about to happen um, yeah. and bring like awareness to it. Uh, and then since then, Kevin's been out and he's he's done these just ungodly marathons that are just crazy distances. So last year he did um, he did seven marathons in seven days. Obviously, an an honour to borrow away in a seven, uh, and he, he raised two million uh, on that occasion, and then. In, in this preseason, which is why we've included it, he ran um, 100 miles from uh, Leicester, which is the club that he's currently um, cap, uh, coaching, coaching uh, Leicester Tigers, and he ran from there to Headingley in Leeds, which is 100 miles, and he raised another 2.7 million. So the totals over 4.7 million that he's been able to to raise. They're going to build a, an extra wing in the hospital, uh, and that's going to help look after Rob Bo and his family and help hopefully try and find a cure for nmd so w- without a doubt the this is the perfect way to kick off the the um the the show and the story of the preseason is definitely the the um fantastic work that these two guys have done uh, and it just shows just the bond that they had and i think it's that's why they were so successful they clearly were willing to go to ex- extreme lengths because they cared so much about each other yeah, fantastically put. I think, I think, it, like you said, it's, it just goes to show that these two are such good friends. They they weren't just people that played rugby together. They they were friends. They were brothers. They were family. They do so much for each other. Even now, like Burrow, Burrow tweeted that he he respects and he is in awe of Kevin Sinfield. He he doesn't know what he'd be able to do without him. And I think. This this leads us perfectly on to something else we'll do quite frequently is we're gonna we're gonna open the Biff Rugby League Hall of Fame where you get to enter people, you get to enter moments, you get to enter matches, you get to enter certain teams. We know which Toby's team is gonna be in a couple of weeks' time. Um but I will let I'll let Toby say a few words on on who is gonna be the inaugural member of, of the Biff Rugby League Hall of Fame. Yeah, so I think it might be clear by now to, to people watching and listening, but you know, between the two of them, I think all three of us would agree that if we put together a Super League team of our lifetime, uh, Sinfield and Borough are in there at 7 and 13. Um, I think, you know, they're achi- the way they played the game was outstanding, and like that is crazy to think that now they're remembered for something even more important to the world than their contribution to the sport of rugby league. Um, and welcome to the Biff Rugby League Hall of Fame. In all likelihood, the most legitimate Hall of Famers, which will be in the Hall of Fame. Um, we might have to get them like gold plated or something um, to be able to sort of signify that they are a genuine inductee. But yeah, um, welcome to the Biff Rugby League Hall of Fame, Kevin Sinfield and Rob Burrow. Yeah, well done to them today. And it's not just Kevin Sinfield, is it now? It's Kevin Sinfield OBE. He received his. Um... I believe he received his OBE yesterday from very timely from Prince William. So very very timely indeed. 
Um, a player that won a, won a Super League title with these two is, is Anthony Mullally. And this is the best segue ever. And thank you to, I believe it was Toby, or well, it was one of you two that, that thought about it. And it was absolutely fantastic. Um, Anthony Mullally is one of the three players that have signed for, for Cornwall Rugby League. Um, and they're not entering the Challenge Cup. So we'll have, a, we'll have a little chat about Cornwall. The first question is, what do you think about Cornwall not, not entering the Challenge Cup? It's, uh, it, I think it just bodes so badly for their future, um, personally. It, not being able to enter the Challenge Cup, their season starts in like two and a half months' time or something. Mm. And from that point, they've got to sign like 20 players uh, with, that, with a shortened pre-season. You know, you've got clubs sort of getting their pre-seasons out of the way, ready to start the Challenge Cup. These are pre-seasons not even started. Um you know, I I mean, I said when we sort of recorded the first time, it worries me sort of if they're even going to manage to find the players to play for them, being in the location they are. Although apparently their open trials have gone very well. Um, but yeah, it's it's something where I'm very sort of worried that, they, that to set up a new club and then not struggle so much to sign players. Um, it's, it's just something that really, which really worries me um, for the birth of what in all reality is a club which could have a lot of money and bring a lot of new viewership and um, new wealth to the game of rugby league. Yeah, Robin, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? Because I, I really want it to work. We're all fans of expansion. We loved um, the Toulouse promotion. We loved Catalans getting as far as they did. We, we love the teams outside of the M62 corridor because that's just the way we are. Um, but this this is this has a slightly different feel to it, don't you think? Yeah, it, it's it's a difficult one. Like you say, we we want it to succeed, and that's why we're being so critical because we 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 don't want to just accept a a a, a bad attempt at getting this right that's going to fail because then we might lose the opportunity and, and we won't return there. So that's why we're being like super critical. Um, I think this is tough because. The Challenge Cup is such a unique competition because it just unites all of the amateur clubs right up to the top level throughout the country. So to say that you're not going to be part of this competition in particular is difficult to take because you'd think this is the this is something that's so important to so many clubs. And um, and like we said before, the, the fact that they're not in there means that clubs below them don't get a chance to play in the Challenge Cup. So it's almost selfish in a way that they've they've put themselves in this position um it's i mean it's it's a tough one obviously we want to see it do well um and we we spoke before about how cornwall was um like it could be a really great opportunity to us um, yeah there's there's no no team uh, no other big sports team in the area um it's previously an untapped market um so i was i was gonna ask what do you think um do you think the rfl should make special um, exceptions for them to make sure that they can stay afloat. Do you think that they should give them priority other other clubs that are currently in the M62 corridor that we mm. respect and love, but maybe want to see a Cornwall take over their place for the good of the game? Yeah, they did this with Catalan, didn't they? When they brought Catalan into the game, they they made sure they couldn't get relegated from Super League, for, and then they brought in the licensing, didn't they? I believe. Or did they bring in the licensing and then they brought in Catalan? I, I can't. I think it was Catalan then licensing, and they said Catalan can't go down. Like Catalan are a Super League team; they'll stay in Super League. 
the, for the first was it five, three seasons, four seasons, no relegation for for Catalan, but the team that finished above Catalan would be relegated. It was really confusing a bit, and people were like, hmm, "You can't really get away with that. You can't do this. You can't do that." And I think, but it's worked. You look at Catalan now, and you're like, "Flipping out!" And you look at Toulouse, and Toulouse are in there now, and with, and you've got two quality French teams in the top division of. It is, and it is the European Super League. It isn't just the British Super League. It's not the not the Northwest Super League. It's it's the European Rugby League Super League, and we have to make this work. They have to. We have to back Neil Kelly. We have to back um, Eric Perez. We have to back Cornwall Rugby League Football Club. The way the RFL go about it, they have to be so clear on what they're doing. Um, we know they can't get relegated from League One, so it's nice the fact they've started in League One. But if they move up to the championship, are they going to say to them, if they, if they do go up in three or four years' time, are they going to say, okay, you now can't get relegated, the team that finishes above you is going to go down? Or how, how they need to sort of, they need to come up with that plan now and they need to tell people now. But if they do that, are they doing it too soon? It's really, it's, it's difficult because of the way they're starting. It's totally different to how they did it with Catalan. But I think the clubs would have to agree. Every single club in that in the top three leagues would have to agree with how they deal with it, I don't think. Don't you agree, Toby? Do you agree or do you disagree? There's two main points for me, really. One's like, if you decide to give effectively special backing to Cornwall, um, I sort of worry, well, not worry, but I get annoyed in terms of Coventry Bears. We spoke about earlier how fantastically run and how fantastic, the fantastic strides they made when Gloucestershire were collapsing, or Gloucestershire were collapsing, when Oxford were collapsing, when Hemel were collapsing, Coventry flew the flag, got stronger, got stronger, um, really showed what it's about to be in like an, a non-Heartlands League One club, and they've ended up having to rebrand to the Midlands, and yeah, so if would be able to turn around to Cornwall in a very quick amount of time and say, we're going to give you priority over something like the Midlands slash Coventry project and I think it would be something that I would be sort of quite annoyed by personally um, the other perspective is sort of it's a weird way it's Cornwall is sort of an untapped market the nearest football league club is Plymouth the you know the nearest rugby club is probably also Plymouth who are in like the second tier of rugby union Mm. Um, it'd, be, it'd probably be the Cornish Pirates but even they play um, in a totally different town which is a good trek away yeah. from Penryn it, it's, they don't play in the same place it, it's, even then there's no first tier no, sports or, no. or professional sports in Cornwall um, which gives me a little bit of hope that you can rally the whole of Cornwall around this team Yeah. Um, however there's no, the, 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 the place they'll be playing this Penryn Memorial Ground that's not set up to be able to have a big Cornwall based oh. support, um, etc. And there's a lot of things which I just sort of wonder um, how, what the actual goal is. Because the way it looked, if we, we didn't know that Eric Perez was the guy backing them and we didn't know the involvement Eric Perez has had in growing a super a, a club into Super League before, then this would look like an expansion franchise club that was going to be around for a few years before realising the struggles of being in League One and travel and things like this, and the fact that their shortest trip is by boat to West Wales. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? There's so many questions that I think I've got, I'm just waiting to be answered, and I hope that I've come back here halfway through the season and say, 
I'm not a Cornwall fan. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be a Cornwall fan, but I certainly don't want them to turn out like another Toronto where they hit Super League. And yeah, Toronto, it was a bit different because there was the there was the pandemic and they weren't able to get back over to Canada and they, it was a, it was massive for them and they spent money on players rather than money on things that would keep them afloat and that's where they're wrong. But it's the same bloke in charge. Has he learned from his mistakes of Toronto? He tried to go to Ottawa, couldn't do it because of the because of the pandemic and it would cost too much. He's gone to Cornwall to an untapped market where these players won't want the players that they want to buy or the, they want to sign will not want to earn as much as the likes of Furifu Moi Moi playing in League One and the likes of like Chase Stanley playing in League One. They won't they won't want that sort of money. They'll have that, but it's whether they want to move. It's the trip. Players from the northwest and the northeast and like even the Midlands that are wanting to go, they ain't gonna want to travel. They're gonna have a, they're gonna have, probably have a squad of twenty five guys that are gonna have to live and work in Cornwall. And they've got three they've got three sign-ins at the minute, two of which are community level players from 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 the area, and they've they've got a long way to go. I just fingers crossed it works. Fingers crossed like, that we're not logistically. They've got so much against them. Yeah. That it's gonna it's gonna be difficult if they were already an established club to yeah. to deal with those things playing in the league that they're in. To then have the fact where you're struggling to get players in, you're then gonna find it difficult to build a fan base because you're probably not gonna be winning many games. So who's gonna want to turn up and watch your team get beaten every week? Yeah. I I just think that I just hope it goes well, and I think that in a way we should give them a special consideration because whilst Perez got it wrong at Toronto, he was also sort of not really helped out by the RFL and yeah. the first they, they sort of set these rules they said come in at League One get promoted get promoted then you're a Super League club and they, they, they did everything that was asked of them and as soon as they couldn't as soon as they needed help rather than stepping in the RFL just let them die and replaced them with another M62 club so I think that they should I think they're lucky that this guy's come back to say I'm willing to try, yeah, try again, again. To spend more money so I think that they should sort of whilst he should learn from it the RFL should learn from it and go we probably won't be that lucky and if we do it to this guy twice we'll definitely lose him but we're also likely to put off anybody else who's thinking about investing in our sport yeah it's going to be it's a dangerous game and the RFL have got to be really really careful it's like they're definitely treading on eggshells and I'm sure they're aware of it I'm sure they're massively aware of, of the dangers that that's coming with this but we, we do need to move on and hopefully in a year's time Cornwall will have signed a squad of 25 They'll have completed their fixtures. They'll have won a handful of games because I don't want to see them get beat every week like West Ra West Wales. Like we don't want to see that. We don't want to see two teams lose every week and the only game they they do win is against each other. Like that would be really disappointing. Um, but with, like we said, hopefully in a year's time we'll come back to this and there'll be a mid-table team or they'll just be just be below mid-table. But like you said, wasn't it seven out of eleven teams can make the playoffs in League One? So there's not a lot of work really to do. Um, but there's definitely some work to do in terms of how they perform on the pitch. But we have to move on. Challenge Cup first round this weekend. Community sides are back, boys. We have old-fashioned rugby cup ties. We have old-fashioned rugby league Challenge Cup ties back again. Like I'm excited. Are you guys excited? Are you excited for to see community teams back in this cup? Yeah, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? It's um, it feels a long time. It's been two years, yeah, but it feels like a long time. It does, it does, and and I think, like I was saying earlier, it's such a unique competition. I think it's um, 
a real like USP that we that we have this competition that unites the clubs from the bottom to the top of of the game. It's it's great that we can get back out and celebrate it, and and all these amateur clubs have got something to work towards again. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really really good. Um, we'll we'll talk instead of sort of discussing it. We'll we'll just go straight up to it. Toby, what is your standout tie in the first round? Uh, standout tie. Um, for me, it's either it's weird because, uh, I mean, it's just been the FA Cup in football, and like that's all about top tiers versus lower tiers. However, I think in the first round of the Challenge Cup, all you can ask for is lots of tries but a competitive game and I think that's what the potential of Lock Lane versus Stato East Crusaders has both National Conference League Premier sides so at the very top of uh, of Amateur Rugby League um, Castleford versus St Helens so if you're a Castleford fan or a St Helens fan put this one in your diary not quite the same but it'll do um, and yeah I think I think that for me is the potential to see the hardest hitting most best try scoring everything I think everything I think this is the most professional of all the ties um, which is again feels a bit wrong to say when we love the amateur level of this but I think this is the highest level uh, of rugby league that will be played by both teams this weekend um, so that would be my pick yeah Robin what, what about yourself are you going to go with your are you going to go with someone obscure and, and nice or are you going to go with your, your hometown boys away uh, well, I'm, I'm taking. Well, technically, I'm taking both because I'm taking because York are playing in Edinburgh this weekend, um, and you could call York. My, they're my, obviously my hometown team, but Edinburgh, you could call them obscure because they are the only Scottish team in the competition this year. So, any Scots out there, this is your this is your only chance to get anywhere near the um, Challenge Cup trophy. So yeah, um, Edinburgh Eagles. Um, they're actually a very established team. They've they've been in the the competition. Um, their first their first appearance actually in nineteen ninety nine. They've had twelve appearances in the competition. Um, they beat Jarrow Vikings in twenty nineteen, um, and they're they're pretty good side in their in their division in their league uh, up in Scotland. Um, when York Acorn obviously are also a pretty successful team, they got to the third round of the Challenge Cup in 2020. Um, they will go in as favourites, but we've also got to consider the the drive is is one thing. Um, also, a lot of the Edinburgh players will have been playing union, so they'll be fit for the for the off season. Whereas York's probably uh, they won't have played a game yet. I know they've not played a game yet, but they won't have. They haven't really been training too much because they've only just got back into it, so they'll be a bit rusty. So there's a chance that we could have an upset <laughs> on our hands. Um, Who would be the upset in this situation? Who would? So, so yeah, the upset <laughs> would be if if Edinburgh beat York. Really, okay. that would that would be the upset. But um, or it'd be upsetting for me anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So um, ho- hopefully, hopefully um, York can do it because I know that I know that um, at Acorn, it's one of their big targets for the year. This is something that they always um, want to achieve and sort of um, focus on. So, th- so th- for them, this is a, a massive game. Even though it's the first game of the season, this is a massive game, and, and that's why that's why I was saying earlier, I'm so glad that it's back on because it just gives them that those fixtures that like all the fans love them. Like everyone in York gets behind them and. Um, I know that the players are, are really proud of how they've performed over the last like couple of years in the cup. So hopefully they can get the result and then 
I think they've got a home fixture in the next round and they'll get a good um they'll get a good attendance. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah. It should be, it should be a good game, so I'll pick that one this week. Yeah, um my standout high is gonna be uh it's gonna be one of the southern based teams. You know you two both know I love to make sure the South gets their representation every every week. We're gonna something will get mentioned about Southern Conference Rugby League. Um this one is London Chargers versus Ellenborough Rangers. It's a long trip for the Rangers. It's a real I think we worked out it's the longest trip of any team in the first round. I think it's the longest away trip. And it's from Cumbria to Isaac. That's a long way. Um I don't know if they'll be able to handle it. If they do, they've got to go down on Friday night. They've got to then get up. It's a half twelve kickoff or one o'clock kickoff at Chiswick Rugby Club. It's it's going to be a long, long trek. And if they do manage to beat Chargers, they've got to do the journey again two weeks later when they head to New River and they'll play the London Scholars. But if the Chargers win, we get a London derby. We get we get a massive fixture where a community side could beat a League One side depending on the team that Scholars put out. It's such a... Scholars team has been up and down for a long time they've just had a coaching change their head coach has just gone to broncos they've got a new head coach in um it, it's going to be a very very interesting tie the Chargers have only reached the second round twice but the way they played last year getting to the semi-finals and losing to west warriors who i don't think lost the game all season but it's going to be a long trek it's going to be a tough game it's on a 4g pitch the Chargers will play smooth, lovely rugby, and I don't know if Ellenborough Rangers will be able to to bring the wet weather, like grimy, like Cumbrian rugby league style, and be able to just transfer that onto a nice, lush, four green pit, four G like dry pitch. Like because even if the weather's bad, the pitch won't feel won't feel won't be dirty underfoot, so the Chargers will still be all right. I think it's I think that's one of the standout ties of the weekend as well. But, but there's plenty of honourable mentions. We've got four representative sides in the competition this this year we've got the navy we've got the army we've got the police and we've got the raf um toby i'm going to let you move on to the police tie first because i know that you're really interested in, in one of their potential second round opponents yeah um well i mean first of all obviously it's great to have those representative sides i think it's something a little bit special about about the sport um, is getting those rep sides together and also giving those rep sides the chance to, to, to actually win something really important um, but even just sort of have those early round games um, but yeah, Great Britain Police they play uh, they play away to Siddle um, which I mean Siddle are a very high quality amateur side so it would be a very difficult game for the police but if they did win that and if the Galway Tribesman the Ireland representative team they were playing away at Pilkington but they're technically at home to Pilkington um, if they manage to both win their ties as underdogs that we will get to see the Great British Police and Ireland facing <laughs> each other in the second round of, um, of of the Challenge Cup which is just something that I think has to be put on our league, has to be put on BBC Sport yeah. has to just be put out there for it's us inter- to watch it's international isn't it? It's, it's the best yeah. team in Ireland versus a great British, a Great Britain team. It it's an international yeah. fixture. I think you have to. I think if they if they both these teams pull off the shocks that they've got, then then it's definitely a tie, a tie that will be be televised. Um, speaking of televised ties, not just the two televised ties now. There's three televised ties this weekend. The Sportsman have got a deal with with the Challenge Cup now. I think they'll be host. They'll be um showing twenty live rugby league games this year, starting this weekend. 
I can't recall the the game that will be played. I'm literally just about to search it up now uh, as we go. But the sportsman. Fantastic the, the, that deals because that deals come in very recently, hasn't it? So it has. I yeah. Think it's mint. I think we were talking earlier in the week about how many hundreds of games there are this year, and we just whacked another twenty on top for free, like free to air games. So it's uh, exciting times. I hope that. I hope that uh, it continues actually, because I've I've watched a few of their coverages now, and they do they do a pretty good job to say that it's yeah. a free stream that you don't pay for. Yeah, no, it's really really good. It's going to be Wigan St. Pat's, who are coached by uh, Challenge Cup legend Andy Gregory, and they'll take on Rochdale Mayfield, who I think believe reached the fourth round back in 2020. So really really interesting one. A tie that I'm looking forward to, not my, not quite my standout tie, but it was very 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 close. It's going to be Royal Navy travelling to Bridgend. And I think that's being played tomorrow night. Friday night. Uh, Friday night game in Wales for the Navy. It's not too bad of a journey from Portsmouth, providing all the, la- the lads have been together for a week now for the Navy. But we just don't know what Navy side they're going to get. We, I've, I've seen the Navy play four times, and three, four, three times they were outstanding. But the fourth time I saw them play, it was a totally different team. It was a younger team, a team that didn't really look like they'd played well together. And if, they, if that's the team that they have this weekend... I think Bridgend have, have, could win. I still think the Navy are the favourites, but it's it's going to be a really interesting one. Are you, as our resident Welshman, Toby, are you hoping that Bridgend do, do the Navy over tomorrow night? Or tonight, if at yeah. time of listening for the readers, it's it's tonight? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'd like, I'd like to see them do well. It's sort of, the well, the way Welsh Rugby League works effectively is North Wales Crusaders get all their players from Warrington. Um, and then West Wales Raiders get all their players from the Welsh Premier League, um, and those West Wales Raiders players are then vital to sort of making deeper the deeper squads for Wales. The squad which qualifies for next World Cup with Wales or plays in the next European Championship for Wales will most likely have three or four players who are playing for West Wales, um, sort of in that team regularly, um, and the, a lot of those players will have come through the Welsh Premier League. So this is sort of, this is fantastic. You could be seeing a future international playing for for Bridgend, um, which uh, yeah. So it's very exciting. Um, it's very exciting to see them involved, and I mean it's it's a hard one because you know the rep. Well, we want the rep sides to do well because of the story of that of that, but also the story of uh, a Welsh team doing well, a team who doesn't even play English opposition most of the year. Mm. Yeah, it'd be really being, interesting. Getting further in, getting more chances to show what they're about would be great. So I think it's a win either way. Um, but yeah, let's hope for Bridgend. You're hoping for Bridgend. I'm hoping for the Navy, but only because if the Army overcome Oral St. James on Saturday, is it Saturday or Sunday, one of the two, we get the Navy versus the Army in the second round. And that is definitely the second round tie that I'm eyeing up. Like It'll be payday weekend, I believe. Like I'm, I'm thinking that's a trip. That's a trip away, whether it's Aldershot or Portsmouth. That's a trip away. That's rugby league in January. It, it's going to be an absolute cracker. It's going to be. Te- it's got to be televised. I think that's going to be one of the te- the second televised round game. I think it has to be. Uh, Absolutely. I'm excited about it, Robin. But I, you've probably got a little bit of a calmer opinion about that potential fixture. Well, no, I think you, there's there's no better storyline than the army versus the navy. Is that those <laughs> those two teams will just want to smash each other to bits? So 
Yeah, I bet that's uh, if that goes ahead, that'll be somewhere. I'm, how often do they play each other? Do they arrange think, fixtures between them regularly? Or yeah, they have an inter-services cup, and I believe they play um, twice a year. So it's literally the Navy so, versus the Army, and the RAF are involved. And I think they do like a like a round robin, and then the two whoever finishes top wins. And the Navy are usually the winners of that. Like they've won it quite often. But the Army versus the Navy, it's massive in rugby union. It's massive in rugby league. It's massive in every single sport. They do not like each other on on a pitch or in any sport. And I think, ah, oh, it's probably just in general life. They just, just in general just life. Just don't like each other. <laughs> so it's just gonna be, yeah, it'll be a crack at that. Yeah. Um. We'll move on again though. One more. There's one more tie that stands out for me. It's gonna be Thornhill Trojans versus the RAF. The RAF are the final representative side in the tournament. Um. Out of the four. They're 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 a mixed bag. They can be really good. They can be really bad. They they have one of the largest pools of people to get from because a lot of them are based in and in and around and they're available a lot more often than the army and the navy are. And it's just it's just a tie that it just it tickles my fancy a little bit. It's just got got something about it. It just looks really interesting. And I think the RAF. But Thornhill are definitely the favourites, and I think I just don't know about it. It's just something about it is just sitting in here, and I think it'll be a cracker fixture. But knowing our luck, it'll just be a one-sided thing. But, I think uh, this is what's so exciting about these like early rounds of the cup is mm. you, you get introduced to these teams that you don't really know too much about. Things like travel and weather <laughs> and who's available—they're all factors. And when we're talking about Super League clubs, it's, it's you don't get the same sort of, like difficulties, and it just doesn't have the charm. Where this is why I, I love the Challenge Cup so much. Yeah, no, we just—you just never get it, do you? You never get that sort of thingy. If you're looking at. Um... I think usually on the day of the Challenge Cup, on the Saturday or the Sunday, they on the betting apps you get the teams, and the odds are like exactly the same for all of these teams. They're like five to four for everyone, and it just doesn't matter. Like the away team is always not the favourite because these even the betting companies are just not aware of which team is which and which is better. Uh, there's one more. There's one more question I've got for you though, Toby. Is North Wales coming into the into the tournament in the second round? You've got Milford or you've got Lee Miners Rangers. Um, I'd rather take Milford so you've got more chance of getting through, but I don't know if you'd agree with me on that one. Would you would you want a big tie or would you wanna would you wanna qualify for the third round? It's it's Yeah, no, in twenty nineteen, Tato East not Cruc not not North Wales Crusaders out of the Challenge Cup in the Crusaders Derby. Um <laughs> and since then I've been traumatized by the idea of playing amateur uh, <laughs> amateur teams. I, I took a lunch break during a conference to be able to watch that game and just be utterly heartbroken. Um that I, how could we lose to amateurs? But anyway, <laughs> I, I, the, when I look at an amateur club, I always look at them as like, uh, what's their nearest Super League club? I, I don't know who Milford's nearest Super League club is. I know there's a Lee Centurion. So I, I, I think Milford are the smaller club. I want, <laughs> I want Milford. Um, and that's all the logic I can provide around it. No, that that's fair enough. Um, speaking of the the Crusaders, you've got you've got some former Super League and some NRL talents. And this is another fantastic segue that definitely, this was definitely Toby's idea. Uh, Patrick Arvan, one of your players, he's a former NRL player. And it brings us on nicely to a weekly fixture that is going to be the, the NRL watch. Yeah, not to be confused with watch NRL. <laughs> uh, it, this is the NRL watch. Um, it's every week the three major talking points from <laughs> Australia's inferior Rugby league competition. 
<laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I, 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 I love the NRL, um, and it's, uh, yeah, as I say, mainly affordability reasons, but that's a, that's a debate <laughs> for another day. Um, uh, so we've got we've got this week to start things off. It's the three signings who could make the biggest difference to their clubs. Slightly different because I could just name like three of the Bulldog signings because they seem to sign every free agent. But <laughs> the ones who didn't sign for the Bulldogs, it is the uh, the three the three signings. I've had to go for all halfbacks because I think it's well known that halfbacks are the ones who dictate the games. Um, starting off with Adam Reynolds at the uh, the at the Brisbane Broncos, uh, Sean Johnson at the New Zealand Warriors, and then Jackson Hastings moving back to Australia to join Brad's West Tigers. Um, yeah. I mean, as I say, I could I could talk about any three of them in terms of how they might change their club. Adam Reynolds brings a level of decision-making and composure that the Broncos have really missed when they had Brodie Croft, Anthony Milford, uh, sort of pulling the strings. Um, Sean Johnson, just, I mean, New Zealand, he is New Zealand, he is the most New Zealand New Zealander <laughs> there is to New Zealand. Um, you know, he... he breathes that club um, and it's good to see him back and I think he, he shows every year that he's got a bit of magic still in him but injuries are now becoming a concern for him things like this um, but I know that there's not there's a sad New Zealand Warrior fan to know that Sean Johnson's playing for him and then of course Jackson Hastings um, absolutely lit up Super League for, for three or four seasons now mm. um, and the fact that West Tigers are turning to him to say be our answer to consistency issues yeah. um, you know bring your mate Ollie Gildart with you see what you can do uh, I mean I, I, I feel like I should open the discussion floor up to you two now because I, I, I'm excited to see all three of the of them play I'm excited I'm so excited I, I, I love Jackson Hastings he was outstanding at Salford he was he was very he was good at Wigan he was he was arguably very good at Wigan um it's just he is he is so consistent now like he came in and yet nobody knew how he would play and now you just know he's going to take control it's his back line it's his team he's going to put us into places that we we would never have ever have reached with umbai and brooks together like that's jackson hastings halfback pairing he is the number one guy like you throw him in there you put dewey Probably next to him in the center, in the halfbacks, we've got Laurie at fullback now. You've got Gildart in the centre. You've got Norfoluma. Uh, you've got Mamalo on the other wing, and then we just that 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 other centre spot is just filling in nicely. Someone's going to come in there, and they're going to fit in, and they're going to and it's going to hit the spot, and it isn't going to be a Lelua. Like it isn't. <laughs> I'm sorry, Madge, but it ain't. Um, it, it's just so exciting. Yes, we still have probably the arguably the worst forward pack in the NRL. But if we can just play free, expansive rugby league and be consistent this year under Jackson Hastings with Oliver Gildart in there, I'll be happy. That's all. I, but I'm excited. I'm really excited. I think I think we're still quite quite a way away from being a contender. We're definitely not a contender. But even if we can make eight, if we can make eight, I'll be happy. That's That's the goal, I think, this year. I think they have to aim for eight. They have to finish eighth. Yeah. If they don't, I think Mike Maguire's got to go. Honestly, at least I said it all last year. I didn't think he was the right man for the job. But if they can finish eighth this year, give him another year with a, a potentially improved team and a bit more salary cap to play for. If they don't make playoffs with 
with Hastings and Gildart and and a slightly improved team. They've, they, he's got, I think, time up for him. But Robin, Robin, you, I'm going to let you talk about Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson, yeah, I mean, um, good. Well, I think, like you said, everyone's happy to have him back at the Warriors. He's a proper New Zealander, um, and I'm sure, I'm sure at that level, when when we when you're a big club and you're in in the headlines, you're on TV. There is it becomes a bit more like football where there's a, a business decision behind the signings that you get, and I'm sure somebody at the Warriors has worked out that if we sign Sean Johnson, we'll sell way more tickets. We're going to be the New Zealand press is going to cover us more. Yeah. All the signs, all the shirts, all that sort of thing. So I'm sure that played a part in it. So it's um it totally makes sense for him to to bring him back. I think he's um he's he's someone. He, he was really really highly rated when he first. Um, came onto the scene, and he was obviously compared to Benji Marshall, who was just a, an, a, an unreal player that we spoke about at the back end of last year when he retired. He's he, he's one of those that potentially could be an immortal. He's that good. So I think he was sort of given like quite big shoes to fill, quite a lot of expectation. 100%. And I don't think he's he isn't he isn't Benji Marshall. Like he's still he's still not won a premiership. He's um, but he is. A, he's still a good player. He's a good NRL player. He would just wipe the floor with the entire Super League. Um, he's he's reasonably consistent when he can stay fit. Um, so I think if if we hadn't have built him up at the beginning of his career to be Benjamin Marshall, yeah, we'd pro- and, and we'd have not expected anything. I think he would actually be rated a lot higher than he is now. He just seems yeah. to be a bit underrated because he had that high expectation at the beginning. Um, but I think the Warriors need something. I think they've they've had a couple of seasons now that haven't been great, and um, understandably, given the circumstances, you know they've sacrificed so much to keep the NRL going. Um, when it was a lockdown in Australia, they they um, they left their New Zealand homes. They stayed over in Australia full time. Didn't see their families all year. Had to be in a bubble. So um, they 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 deserve some success. I think everybody's rooting for them now because they've made that sacrifice, and hopefully this is sort of a good cultural uh, decision to bring back somebody like Sean Johnson, who's well well liked and respected, and hopefully we'll see him lift the premiership with this team that we all just want to see do well now. Yeah, I think they deserve they deserve some form of success, whether that be they get to uh, an eliminator or they get to a semi final. I don't think they're quite grand. They're nowhere near. Melbourne or yeah. Sydney or South or whatever they're not at that level we know that but they don't deserve to be languishing outside the playoffs they're a playoff side they're a consistent playoff side we knew that the last two seasons was going to be hard we knew as soon as they said you have to stay in Australia players decided they didn't want to stay in Australia they went home they lost a lot of players they had to loan lads in their team looked very different week in week out and I think now they've got Sean Johnson players will want to stay a bit more I think they're back home this year, aren't they? Are they? Are they I think they're back home in New Zealand this year. No, I'm not sure. I think it's, it keeps changing, doesn't does it? Have they, they not made up their minds yet? But they need to make up their minds soon. I think if they I think if they have another year fully in Australia, they might struggle, and we give them that extra yeah. year. But if they're back home and they're allowed to fly between, and they get that support back home, playing back in New Zealand is going to be unreal. Like yeah. get getting them playing out of Auckland in front of that fa- in front of those fans. We've seen what it's like when Tonga play in New Zealand. When you've got these these Warriors playing in front of that crowd, they're going to be really tough to beat. It's going to be like playing against thirty four, not against seventeen. I think. Um, but yeah, it, it they're just such a they deserve a lot more. Yeah, I have to. I I love the Warriors pack, and I have the whole sort of since the COVID sort of era of sports started. 
I've always thought the Warriors pack has been fantastic. Um, they've just got big, consistent players, I mean, with some star power around there as well. Um, so I think at a minimum, I think at a minimum that that's something that we can expect is their pack to be really, really strong this year. And we'll go for and you know, we'll go from there. Hopefully Sean Johnson will have the, the back line playing. As for Adam Reynolds, um I think the question really is, is he enough for the Broncos? Um, I think that he brings an element of composure um, that that they didn't have before. But by the same token, I think one big money signing isn't going to make up for the, quite frankly, like problems they've had in their academies uh, in terms of mm. building up new players. Um, yeah. Just the, the problems they've got across the pitch, really. I think they've tried to answer it with one half back, and I don't think it's the answer. No, I think this is a really bad move from Reynolds. Like, why would why did Souths even want to let him go? Um, like, why would the, the, the higher management want to get rid of, of such a talisman of their team? Like, he yeah. led that team. He was the man. He was the guy. Him and Cody Walker were inseparable in that halfback period. And you knew when one of them wasn't quite right because the other one would take control. But Souths would still do really, really well. Yes, they were a little bit inconsistent at times. But... Reynolds should never have been let go by Souths. He should have. They should have offered him a huge deal. Like to Souths, he's worth a lot of money. And I think, well done, Brisbane. You've got your man, but he ain't enough. He is not enough with such a such a young, inconsistent team that is just playing rugby for the sake of playing rugby. They don't care about winning. They don't care about losing. They're just they're just getting paid. A lot of them are there just to get paid. And they, if they went to other clubs, this is why the clubs aren't signing them. The, the clubs that are signing Brisbane players, they're looking at the ones that want to play. They're being spoken to. These players that are still there, they don't want to win things. I don't think they want to win things, quite frankly. Well, I think the reason the reason Reynolds has made the move is because he was coming up towards the end of his career, um, and he wanted a longer term contract than the than Souths were willing to give him. So that's why he's left. So clearly, the motivation for his decision to move was money. And fair, yeah. absolutely, he's got every right to do that. You know, he's he's coming towards the end of his career. It's a short career in rugby league. So yeah, he's yeah. got to earn as much money as possible. So there's a there's a player there that yes, he's he's a great player. He's won titles, um, like we were saying. Charles would ideally have wanted to keep him, just obviously they weren't willing to go that far to keep him. So the Broncos have picked up a player who's, again, motivated by money. Not that he has been his whole career, but in yeah. this stage of his career, he's there to earn as much money as possible. And that's what everyone else at the Broncos is like. So, all right, you've got a decent player, but have you really fixed the problem of your team is just yeah. there to earn money? They don't really they don't have the same passion and commitment that we've seen from Broncos teams years gone by. No. You could argue that a lot of the players at Roosters are there for the money because they're on a bit, they're on quite a lot of money, but they're at a team that are flying. Like you could take a player out, put one player in and they're going to, and they're going to perform. You look at Brisbane, you take Reynolds out and they are probably, they're probably no better. This is, this is probably a little bit of an over exaggeration, but they're probably no better than one of the bloody Academy and reserve teams that they play. Like you put the Roosters reserves against a Brisbane Broncos side without Adam Reynolds, and the reserve and the Roosters reserves would win. That's the way I see it. Like another, yeah. like it's an exaggeration, but it's it's not. There's maybe two other players who, in a game against an academy and reserve side, yeah, I think maybe you need to get rid of Katoni Staggs and Payne Haas. <laughs> but that's it. That's it. Yeah, you take those three. You, yeah. Those three players get yeah. injured at the start in the first game of the season. This Bronco, this Bronco side ain't winning a game all year. 
Maybe maybe they beat the Bulldogs, but that's about it. It sounds this is I mean it sounds ridiculous, but they play a lot of there's a lot of players there as well who look good on like performance trackers. Mm. I mean, I remember having a conversation last year about Patrick Carrigan and how he's a fantasy point monster. Yeah, he is. I've never I've never ever ever seen him do something and gone, Wow, like he's he's the vice captain of the Brisbane Broncos. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, he is, but I've never seen anything yeah. where, like you consider yeah. people who used to hold that um that role, you know, someone like a Corey Parker. Yeah, they they look miles away from each other. Yeah, plenty plenty of distance from the, the from the Brisbane that we remember. Um, not even five years ago now, like probably five years ago was probably the the Brisbane team that was was just on the tipping point of collapsing, and then they went they they fell down the cliff. I mean, Herbie Farmworth getting getting potentially poached by a rugby union side. I think that says more about our game more than anything, more than more than Brisbane. But if someone would rather play rugby union than play for the Brisbane Broncos, then I think the kid needs his head testing a little bit. But because um, <laughs> he's only young, he's got plenty of thing ahead of him. But we'll see. Hopefully Reynolds does the job. Hopefully he stays injury free. Hopefully the Broncos bounce back because they're a historic. They're a massive historic team, aren't they? So we want to see. Yeah. We want to see I the teams the, compete. The more important thing, it's not so even so much about the result with that club. It's about actually seeing them want to win and yeah. not giving up like ten minutes into a game. Not seeing the first try being scored against them and having the heads down, just writing yeah. off the rest of the match. Hundred like, percent. Yeah, obviously we want to see him winning, and they should be winning with the amount of resources that club's got. But it, it's like it's even deeper than that. It's it's worse than that. It's a it's a real bad bad time at that club. They need to do something to just change the whole attitude of everyone involved. Yeah, they really really do. Um, we're getting towards the end of the show now, and we always finish with something that, and it's going to take control. And I think this season, because of the World Cup at the end, it's going to run from this week. And every round of fixtures between now and the World Cup final. So wow. we've got between now and the end of November, there is plenty of points. There's six points available every week. I've not figured out what the maximum number of points is that you can win is. So if you get 100% of points, well done. Robin, that's your target this year after smashing <laughs> us um, on, on our live streams last year. But... We need to do our, our set of six. This is going to be a weekly thing for, oh, like I said, every, t- every time there's a round of fixtures. Six games. If it's a Challenge Cup final or a special b- bunch of fixtures, they'll be, um, they'll be we'll, we'll adjust it slightly so there's still six points available. But this week, six Challenge Cup first round ties. We've spoken about four of them already, slightly. So we've got the televised games, we've got our, we've got our picks, and then we've got one tie that stands out for us um, quite a lot. So, so we'll speak about that really quickly. The first game we've got of our set of six, game one, is Castlock Lane versus Thatterheath Crusaders. So, is Thatterheath Crusaders? Thatterheath? No. Correct. Yeah, it was correct. Yeah, it didn't sound right in my head when I was saying it, but yeah, correct. So, um, seeing as this was your standout tie, uh, Toby, we'll, we'll let you go first on this one. Uh, yeah, um, I've got, well, I mean, I think... I think the logical choice is Thatterheath. They've been champions of the uh, National Conference League Premier for three of the past five years, I think. Um, they're uh, So they're definitely the sort of favourites, I, I would assume, going into this game. Although I think Robin Zorni watches the betting odds, so <laughs> he, he might know better. Um, but it's uh, but I cannot pick another Crusader. There's only one Crusaders for me. So give me Cass Lock Lane uh, <laughs> because... Or just Lock Lane. <laughs> as, their, as their full title actually is, yeah. give me Lock Lane because like we cannot have 
uh, two Crusaders in the second round of the Challenge Cup. <laughs> Go on, Robin. You shatter Toby's dreams by telling us who's going to win this game. Yeah, well, you make it sound like I'm some prophet, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we, you were talking earlier about the um, the game at Bridge End, and you might be seeing some like future stars in that team. And I think both of these two clubs produce like an, an unbelievable amount of Super League talent. So yeah. again, this is another game where we're potentially going to be watching the the stars of tomorrow play. Um, I, both teams are, are super successful amateur clubs. Like I say, they're they're sort of stalwarts of the game. Um, and despite the fact that I'm in a, a cash jump tonight, I'm going to go with the St. Ellen side and I'm going to go for Tyler Heath this week. Nice. I think I'm going to have to match you there. Um, you don't often get a team that are in two cup finals on the same day as Tyler Heath were back in 2020. Both their first team and their, their second team or their development squad, whatever, however they decide they want to call it, were both in a final on the same day. Um these guys have got a lot of players to pick from, a lot of talent, and like you said, they've previously knocked out League One sides in the fourth round, the third or fourth round of this tournament. Lock Lane have got a tough, tough like fixture ahead of them. Yes, they're both. Uh, you said they're both Premier Premier Division sides, Toby. Yeah, both of these that's, two. That's I, the only all. Premier it's Division. the only all Premier Division tie, and I think I just think that Heath are just a little bit too strong. So I think I'm gonna. I'm going to go for them as well. Uh, Robin, you're up next to, to pick who's going to win your your standout tie. Yeah, York, uh, Edinburgh versus York. Yeah, um, I think I give it away a little bit, but yeah, I'm, I'm going for York this week. I know that they prize this uh, as a big part of their season. Uh, they're, they're in a, a, a stronger division. Um, it's just hoping that they can get over the logistical challenges of the of the travel and playing a fit side in edinburgh but yeah i'm gonna go for york i've got to go for york <laughs> uh, i think i'm gonna go oh this is a tough one this is this is actually quite a tough one i think there's a bit of a trek for york um like you said they, they produce a lot of quality players and this but this edinburgh side have already been playing um i don't know if the rugby union will have got to them will they will they really want to go and play a team like york will they want to welcome them how are they going to turn up on the day? Mm. I'm a fan of expansion, and I want to see these these teams play. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Edinburgh on this one. I, I think it's tough. It's, this is this is one of the toughest ones, and I think Edinburgh will, will pull through. Uh, yeah, look, I'm, uh, the reason I'm picking them is because they're the favourites. The uh, the other reason I'm picking them is because they've got a bloody good badge. <laughs> we've got a castle. We've got an English shield, an English shield, but it's still a it's still a pretty cool shield with some lions on it. We've got a, a, a white rose, we've got some leaves, and we've got golden golden acorn. <laughs> and I cannot stress enough how cool a golden acorn looks on that badge. <laughs> Going for for York acorn. Um, before we move on to game three, can you rate can you rate the the logo out of um out of ten, please? Uh, well. I like what's going on, but by the same token, it's you know that the acorn isn't a, the biggest part of the logo. You know, if if you told me what they called, I might say the England castles or not the England, the York castles or the York knights or something. So, which is you know, the, that's the wrong team. Yeah. So, not it's not quite telling me that they are called the acorns or acorn, but um, it's pretty. Yeah, it's I, I really like what's going on. It's a nice scene. So I'd say a solid seven and a half out of ten. Seven and a half so out know, of ten. You know, people say, oh, I went with my head, I went with my heart. 
and Toby's gone with his eyes. <laughs> Toby's gone with his eyes. <laughs> Toby has literally gone with his eyes on this one. Um, I'll be honest, the Edinburgh Eagles uh, um, dress isn't that bad either. I do, I do like, I do like the Eagle. It's very high quality. It's not just like a pair of yeah. like feet. It's not just a face. It's the whole bird. And and I tell you what, they've they've worked well on that one. An eagle would definitely eat an acorn as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It, will the we the will the eagles eat their nuts? That's the question. That's that is the question. Every sport has the eagles. You don't get. You know what I mean? Australia are crying out for the 18th NRL team to be the Central Coast acorn. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No, it's it's not going to happen. Uh, we we'll move on to my tie. Um, we'll move on to London Chargers versus Edinburgh Rangers. It's. I, I can't look past London Chargers for this one. I think the trip from Edinburgh to London, it's it's a, it's a so long. Like we've done the trip um, from Bedford Tigers to to Distington, and that that that's that's further. This this is a further journey for an amateur for a community level side. It, it's tough. It's a long long way, and I don't see a team that have finished runner up in. The Southern Conference League for the first two seasons. Obviously, we we missed, we didn't play in twenty twenty, but in for twenty twenty one and twenty nineteen, runners up twice, only losing to the victors. They're they're a tough team to beat. So, and I really want to see London Scholars lose to London Chargers in round two. So that's what I'm I'm hoping for that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you. Um, I think what you said earlier as well about the four G pitch and and the. Cumbrian style of play. I think it's just too too much is stacked against Ellingborough for this game. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll back the Chargers as well. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'm gonna I'll go the opposite because we need we need points. I'll go with Ellingborough because Cumbria's that missing Heartland, that Heartland everyone forgets about in rugby league. But uh, there is a certain, the London Chargers, London Scholars is a much more appealing <laughs> second round tie, and. Um, the London Chargers are genuinely one of the clubs which I would say are at that sort of elite amateur status outside of your M62 corridor. Yeah. Traditionally, um, sort of them with West Warriors and we, anyway, I could keep going, but um, I'll, I'll pick Allenborough purely because I'm going to try early on and take the points <laughs> off you two. And when that fails, I'll start going smart when you start getting cocky. So. I'm not, I don't. I don't. It's a long season this year. It's a long. Like I'm not going to be heartbroken after three rounds when I'm eight points behind Robin after eighteen games. Like I'm going with my head this year. There'll be a few games I go with my heart. Like you know that. But I think I've, I've got to go with my head a lot more. And I'm, I think I'm going to go with my head for the next one as well. Um, no, I'm lying. I'm going for my heart. Um, the army, I think, are going to be a very tough match for Oral St James. I know, Robin. You said. Um, Oral have got quite a strong team and you'll go into that again but the army I, I love them I love the army I've got that little connection with them I've seen them play quite a lot this year I know a few of the people like come on come on the army do it let's let's get the army versus the navy in round two please yeah we all we all want to see the army versus the navy but I um, I did see a highlights package of Oral St James um, playing I don't know if it, it must have been last season uh, and they had a, a scrum half or a half back, uh, scrum half or a full back. I think it was their full back, yeah, it was their number one. Full back, yeah. yeah. It looked like he was coming from deep in fields, and yeah, he, he looked like lightning, that guy. He was he was rapid, he was making people, he was making the the quickest players on the other team look, look like 
coaches. They were just he was running <laughs> rings around them all. So just on that forty second highlights package, <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Oral St James and and that, um, if if the odds were there, if it was a, a marketing play, I would definitely be backing the um, fullback to to get a brace. I reckon. <laughs> Go on, Toby. We've split the field now, so you've got to choose the, well, our favourite. If someone can tell me what the the icon is in the bottom left and top right corner of the Oral St James badge, so, then I'll predict them. But it is it is the weakest attempt of a badge that we've got. <laughs> the Army Navy game is quite attractive too. I'm gonna go with the army. I think it's hedgehogs. Oh no, it's seashells. Hedgehogs. It's seashells. It's seashells. Oh. It's seashells, and a red rose, and a cross. A cross. Yeah, and I'm not religious, so. <laughs> so who are you and going for? As well, I couldn't read the badge. I couldn't read the numbers on the back of the kit because it was light blue with a white badge. So are you are you now judging with your eyes? Is that what was going on? I am. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm, sti- I'm sticking with the the unaesthetically pleasing team, but against my better judgment, maybe. I think I'd have more respect if they were called the Oral St James Seashells than I'd. <laughs> they being my good book, but they're not. They're just. I want the army. All slander is not agreed upon by myself. Okay, I like your badge, Oral St James. I do quite like it. it you're from the wrong side of the, the Pennines, but it's it's an okay badge. Um, game five. Come on, I think I think this game five is going to be the easiest game that we that we pick. Um, it is a televised game. It's Bentley versus Stanningley. I think yeah, Bentley, not a bad team. They've just been promoted into the Yorkshire Men's. Uh, no, they've just come second in the Yorkshire Men's League, but they've been promoted into the National Conference League. They finished behind the Siddle Under Twenty Threes team in the Yorkshire Men's League, and I think then that says something, doesn't it? I'm team Stanley for this one purely because I, I just I just think Bentley. Uh, you know, it's nice to see actually that how sort of open the National Conference League seems to be to promoting teams. But um, I think you know it's it, it's a technicality that they've got promoted. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. What, yeah, could you imagine if Siddles Reserves would probably be in the Premier Division in three years time or something? But um, but yeah, so. I'm going Stanley on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna to have to agree with you, Robin. Are you go? Are we going? Are we agreeing for the first time this season after five games on Stanley? We are. We are. Uh, I think Stanley, a, a class club, uh, Leeds, Leeds based, and they've they've also had their fair share of um, talent produced. Uh, and like you say, I think they're the stronger side on this occasion as well. So um, nothing to do with the badges. I'm picking Stanley based purely on merit. Nothing to do with. To be fair, at least they've both got the Yorkshire Rose in there. I don't think we can. We definitely can't knock that. So we'll we'll go over there. The next one though is it's probably yes, it's a Division One side versus a an NCL club uh, division Premier Division side, but it's the Featherstone Lions versus Hunslet Club Park side. It's going to be a feisty one. It's going to be a, a decent game, I believe. Uh, who wants to go first on this one? I will go first because I don't know too much about either of these two clubs, so that's fairest. Um, I'm intrigued by the fact that Paul McShane coaches Hunslet Parkside. I I don't think I've actually heard of that happening uh, anywhere else, where a professional sports player that's currently playing in the top league is also a part-time coach for an amateur club. 
Um, so despite the fact that they're not in as high a division, uh, I'm I'm kind of backing the fact that Paul McShane's going to teach them a thing or two. He got to the Challenge Cup final last year. Um, he's also maybe he's picked up some new things from Lee Radford in the off season. So I'm 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 thinking that maybe Hunslet have got some up their sleeve this year, and so I'm going to back them. Nice. Go on, Toby. Right, well, well, my least favourite professional semi-professional clubs, Fenstone Rovers. So it only feels right that I give Fenstone some love this season whilst I've got the chance to, and uh, go for the Fenstone Lions. They are they are the underdogs, um, in, based on the based on the divisions of the NCL, which I don't know how you know how true they are in showing us the quality because of how amateur clubs change. But I like I, I like it. Um, it's not bad lately. You know, this is more just a reason to pick different again, a reason to go with the underdogs, a reason to love the Challenge Cup and, and the Featherstone Lions. Um, well, I, I don't like Fev Rovers and I don't like Fev Lions, so I'm going to go Hunslet. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't like Featherstone, whether they're Lion or a Rover, so I think I'm going to go Hunslet on this one. So I think none of us have got the same six, so there will definitely be... Someone will not have the same amount of points as the other this week. There will be a, there'll either be a, there, there will be a leader at the end of this week. So that we'll look forward to that. So should be, it should be a good one. I think it, it's taken us less time to record tonight as it did on Monday. So it won't take us long to, to process through. But um, like I said, sorry for the technical issues. Sorry that we're a day later than we than we said we would be. It's been such a stressful week. I've I don't know how many times I've apologised to these two. On Monday night, I think I think I said the word sorry about ten times in five seconds. Toby didn't talk to me for half an hour, and he said, "Go to bed. I'll talk to you tomorrow." And I felt like I was getting told off by my mum. Like, he sent me to bed. He said, "Go to bed. Like I don't want to talk to you. I've just sat there for two hours, and you've told me that you need to re- you need to re-record it." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I felt I felt so guilty, but we've done it." We're here. We'll we'll get better. Yeah, that 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 is the end. Um, thank you very much for joining me, Toby. Thank you very much for joining me, Robin. Um, I'll try not to do anything like this again. That's all right. But no, that's all right. I I, I forgive, I've forgiven you for now, Brad. No, um, we've we'll, been. We'll, we'll forget, but we won't. No, we'll <laughs> we forgive. forgive. We won't forget. No, no there'll be a blooper reel um, at the end of the year, and you'll see. I will just upload the whole hour and a half at the end of the year of just these two talking and responding to questions that you can't hear. And you'll, people will be like, what is this? It'll be a bonus episode at the end of the year. I'll keep it and make sure we've still got it. Um, but no, we've been the Biff. It's Friday now, but you'll see us. In, you'll hear about us. You'll hear from us. You'll see from us in six days' time. I'm going to hopefully get, get to London this weekend. Hopefully you guys get yourself to some, some fixtures. I don't think there's any that close to you guys that you can potentially get to, but... We'll make sure we watch at least the televised games this weekend and we'll get back to you. We'll pick our team of the round. We'll pick our player of the round. We'll pick we'll let someone into the Hall of Fame. We'll go through some of the championship preview, which starts in two weeks' time now. Two weekends' time, we have the championship back. Come on, facts. You're 10 to 1 on Sky Bet to win the championship. So get yourself on that, guys. Um, but we'll see you next week. We've been the Biff. It's been a pleasure to have you. See you later. Bring back the biff. Bring back the biff.